0: Welcome, folks, to Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson, one third of your hosts this week. Join with me, as always, is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you?
1: What's going on, Chris? What's going on, people around the world? I'm here to digest entertainment. Had a week off last week, a weird week off, but I'm ready to rock. I'm full. I'm full, chock full of entertainment.
0: You got some well earned R and R. Yeah,
1: out yeah, I back. need, I need it. You know, I've been going out a lot, and uh, no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no excuse whatsoever. I was very busy with other engagements. Just kidding. No, Nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and back with us again is Miss Lynette Williams. How are you?
2: What up, what up? Other than my cat's killing me, I'm great. I
0: was about to say, yeah, it sounds like you're getting slaughtered over there, so I hope you're okay.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, folks, if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the party. What we like to do on this podcast is bring some interesting tidbits, stories, news from the entertainment world, whether it be movies, music, TV, streaming, just good old fashioned, you know, sunrise and sunsets nowadays, basically, and um, and bring it to this podcast and talk about the things that we were found interesting. And the kicker is we have no idea what each other are bringing to the table. So this way, all the reactions, discussion is all spontaneous. Nothing is preplanned. And at the end of the episode, we're going to go down those wonderful YouTube wormholes for a segment that we call YouTubing. So uh, let's kick things off. Ben, you had the week off. I can't Woo. even imagine what you gathered over the past couple of weeks. But why don't you lead us off, my friend?
1: All right. You know, I got a bunch. I, I really have a bunch this week. I totally slacked last week. So let me uh, let me give some shout outs to our uh, our mothership, the onstage blog. Yeah. Chris, I want to give some shout outs. Uh, there was an article on there uh, about the movie Descendants, uh, yeah. the Disney movie. Uh, yeah. Who wrote that? Did you write that or someone uh, else? Right no,
0: there? that was someone else. That was someone else.
1: All right. Big shout out. You know, so it was uh, Katie, uh, Deacon, and I last weekend. And we, took, we take turns, like, picking a movie for the night. And Katie's like, oh, you know, we had this uh, Disney trivia a couple weeks ago. And she's like, I've never seen these Descendant movies. I was like, me either. Deacon never did it. And the article was great because it was, like, it was a great uh, introduction to musical theater for young kids. Let me tell you, these movies are awesome. I, <laughs> I was, like, all in on these movies. I love figuring out, like, wait, whose kid is that? And you're like, oh, that's Ursula's kid. And then just the whole thing, it's a great concept. They need to keep making them just great dancing, great singing, great songs that get in your head and stuff like that. Um, I love them. Like, and you know me, you guys know me, like I'm a theater guy, but not a musical guy. I was all in from the start. And then Deacon was like, he was showing me YouTube videos of individual songs. Cause he loved like some of the dance. But I mean, he was all in, I've never seen a kid take to this. So well, so, High praise to the onstage blog. Great recommendation. Uh, Katie and I have been burning through, like, uh, movie series. Uh, mm-hmm. So just kind of a segue. So, we, you know, we did all the Friday 13ths, We did all the Insidious movies. I just purchased the Fast and the Furious Enhanced Pack off of Voodoo for $39. All Good eight Lord. movies. Wow. Extended editions. That's a lot of Vin Diesel grumbling at you. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> it's all about family, bruh. Uh, So I can't wait to see those But Descendants 1, 2, and 3 We couldn't help ourselves We watched them in a row The kid was way into it Great, I haven't seen a family entertainment Like movie or show like that In years where like I was way into it And actually there was a couple parts I'm not going to spoil anything Like there was actually a couple parts I was like, oh shit, whoa Like I was actually surprised I was like, whoa, I can't believe that happened Like I got choked up a couple times great i can't believe they were made for disney tv because the the production cost the cast everything was great so chris kudos to onstage blog i just want to give a shout out to the mothership
0: thank you i appreciate that yeah no it's um so ben is referring (laughs) to an article that there was news basically uh that the descendants this this franchise this property is now available for licensing for schools so high schools middle schools elementary schools can now actually perform a version of the show which was big news across you know everybody because it was like you know we're, we're they're looking for things to basically perform when schools are back in session so the article was basically five reasons why it's a good idea to to do this piece and ben just basically rattled off all of them because I mean just look at look at what happened there and, and Ben your son my son uh both love this movie uh as well so um yeah no it, it's 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 very entertaining surprisingly good uh yeah. I, I, I sat down I was like okay this is probably gonna be like total cheese but whatever right
1: right and you're like your expectations are low because it's, it's made for TV and you're like okay like you know I've seen made for TV you know Mickey Mouse Club stuff and right. like which the production's there you know the heart's there there's you, you don't want to you know s on people that are putting their hard work into stuff but you're like it's a tv thing and blown out of the water i was like oh my god
2: (laughs) did you guys not see high school musical
0: see that i couldn't get into
1: i couldn't i couldn't
0: get into
2: it yeah (laughs) all right
1: couldn't get into that or glee whatsoever Mm. nothing i got nothing for glee not not nothing at all
2: did you question did you like nip tuck yeah of course huh and you couldn't get into glee (laughs)
1: <laughs> Wait, what's Glee have to do with uh, that is, that is two quite the sociopathic stretch. plastic surgeons?
0: It's <laughs> like, honestly, like if you like The watching... Wire, you didn't like Glee. Yeah,
1: no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: season two of The Wire translates into Glee. <laughs> to me. Here's the deal: I felt when I was watching, when I was watching Glee for the first season, I was like, this is a combination between if Nip Tuck met a Broadway musical. Because their barbs and things were so cutting, and at that point it was nothing. They weren't those like sick under, like kind of under. You know what I mean? What is the word does, I'm looking for? Does Fomka Johansson
1: not... play a life coaching glee that bangs like an underage son?
2: No. Okay, stop. But
1: <laughs> well, I'll check it out.
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, I think. Don't they get into relationships between a teacher and a student eventually? Anyway. Yeah, actually, but it's... No,
0: they, they actually stay away from that completely.
2: Oh, they do. What show are you
0: watching?
1: I mean, well, there's it's... music in Glee when they're cutting up people's face, or in uh, Nip Tuck when they're cutting up people's faces.
2: Yeah, but the Nip Tuck, at least the Nip Tuck I remember, was like, there were, yeah, there were the like serious parts, but there was also a lot of funny parts to it. Maybe I'm no, just a they horrible, horrible people. They were the
1: worst people on television. I, I think I think there hasn't been a worse main character. Like You know how we're in the age of antiheroes? The two dudes from Nip Tuck were deplorable. Terrible.
0: Terrible, yeah, terrible. people. I mean,
1: terrible. I mean, I couldn't stop watching. I loved them. But they are just horrible yeah. people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh Nip Tuck.
1: Oh, it was Sean and John were the two guys, I believe.
2: No. And
1: Sean was like the playboy. And you were like, oh, this guy's a sleaze. He's like sleeping all his patience. was that it Sean
2: and
1: Brian? Brian. But then Brian was the married guy. But then he started sleeping around, too. And you're like, yeah. man, this guy's a ball too. <laughs>
2: My favorite episode ever is where the wife like leaves Brian, and then she creates a uh, uh, an entire em- empire on semen moisturizer. I remember that. It's <laughs> like the greatest thing in the world. But anyway,
1: we got we got sidetracked to all right, yeah. Empire, <laughs> anyway,
2: but,
0: uh, right? The
1: Descendants, that's... great film series. <laughs> um, I thought, and, and Chris, the music gets better and better. Yeah, it does. Uh, Chris, a question for you. You yeah. know, you a knower of things like this. Um, so as I was watching all three movies, I was like, they could easily crunch this all into one musical. Is mm-hmm. that what is licensed? Is there like a kind of like a sides for like a big descendants mo- musical, or is there one, two, three
0: musical? No, it's well, the 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 adaptation that was released was just on the first one, and it's actually an edited version, so you don't even get all the songs that are in the movie, so to speak. But yeah, so the 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 adaptation that's just been released that's just based on the first movie. With like, a you know, 75% of the, of the songs.
1: Oh, wow. Cause I thought Descendants 2 had the way better songs. Oh. Yeah. Way, way songs. Like, and of course you had, you know, the parents way more in the, I could see where it'd make a better musical, like the plot, but my God, like the songs in the second and third one were great. Like the intro songs for 2 and 3, and then the end song for 2 is like, that's the one that Deacon really likes. The one on the boat where they're dancing in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the water—it was pretty funny. So Deacon, like, he, he like pulled me in his room. He's like, "Dad, I gotta show you this video." And I was like, "Wait, this is the, we we just watched this." He's like, "Yeah, but watch this." And it was when the little guy Carlos, which I was uh, very sad to hear that he passed away. Yeah. It
0: was mm, extremely
1: yeah. sad. I'm like, that kid is my new favorite. And I was and like, Kitty's like, he's dead. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, what the? fuck? And like, he just died of like 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 seizures. So like, in a yeah, season. yeah, was- he had a
0: condition. Yeah.
1: Yeah, please and so for
2: my laughter on that, it's
1: and so, that. um, what
2: I was saying, please forgive me on my laughter. I literally laughed out loud when you were like, Katie was like, oh. He's dead. I well, laughed, yeah.
1: I mean, it was a beat, you know, I took a beat, but uh, what? so but it was awful, and uh, anyway, so Deacon showed me that water dance, and then I'm like, you know what, this reminds me of there, Deacon. There's this little movie with Tony Jaw called The Protector where he fights on water in a flaming church. And so I showed him that video. It's very similar. I wonder if the guys from The Descendants 2 saw that Tony Jaa fight and put that in. So,
2: <laughs> maybe. So you're yelling at me about Nip Tuck and Glee, but then you can go to the protector in <laughs> the Descendants? I, there's, well,
1: if you watch the fight scene, they're fighting like they dance on the water. But I, maybe Nip Tuck had, I don't know, like... Scar tissue sex scenes or something. I don't know. I don't, I, I missed that episode in Glee.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Good stuff, man. Also, stuff.
2: you know, the, uh, you know who Gaston's son is in Descendants yeah. too.
1: Of course.
2: Right. I, I mean, we always had to bring it back to letter, Kenny.
1: Oh my God. When he hit the screen, I go, oh my God. <laughs> is it leg day? Because that's Gaston's son. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, Lynette, why don't you go next? What do you got?
2: Um. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm going to actually do something that was announced. I think it was announced today. Oh, this was. Oh, never mind. It was printed April 28th. How am I just finding out about it? Did you guys know that the Cans and Sundance Film Festivals will stream on YouTube for free? Did it I, already happen? I didn't know that. No, it, it did. didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so on Secret LA, I don't know, uh, website. Uh, they...
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh, right, Yeah. how had to do that.
2: Oh, my. Oh, my. With their uh, Starbucks coffee. Um, no, apparently, um, as a part of the We Are One Global Film Festival, they're going to um, show all of the Cannes and Sundance Film Festival movies between May 29th and June 7th on um, on YouTube. Cool. And uh, the idea is, is that they would ideally like for you um, to donate to help the cause, um, but my understanding is it's free, and so therefore you can watch it if you want to.
1: Rock and roll.
2: That's yeah. right. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it also includes the documentaries, the shorts, music, and comedy festivals, and panel dis- discussions. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, that's
1: amazing. That's really cool. I, I, I don't know if this one hurt, uh, happened. I heard about South by Southwest. They were streaming all their movies that were supposed to premiere. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that one might have already happened. They might have already streamed those. Mm. That's really awesome.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, in this age, I mean, whatever content we can get, whether it's new, whether it's old, um, is a good thing. And I, I I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I'm starting to kind of resent movie studios right now who are all pushing these movies back, further back and, and kind of leaving us with, with, with not much right now. And right. out of just fear of not making money on some of these properties, when... In actuality, I think it would be smarter to just release this one big freaking movie right now because everybody in the world would watch it because there's nothing else to do. So like when everybody gets wrapped up in things like Tiger King um, is because it's really like the only thing that we right. had going. So
2: right. it's
0: like if Marvel said, you know what, screw it, or Disney just said, screw it, let's just put out Black Widow on on demand, everybody in the country would <laughs> watch this movie uh, because there's nothing else to do. But- so go ahead.
2: I feel like with the Black Widow property, with I, I feel like it would be okay with some of the movies, but not all of them, because right. with, with the event with the Avengers movies, especially, even though I know technically their run is over, um, that whole like interaction of being in the theater in the first like with the audience's reaction to these movies, like I would really miss that, and like watching Black Widow at home because I'm I, it's it's me. <laughs> There's nobody else yep. with me. Yep. So, like, I would really miss those reactions and in those visceral effects where every everybody gasped at the same time, or like at the end of Endgame or not Endgame, the end of Infinity War when literally all you heard were people sobbing, and I don't mean like sobbing, like I mean like funeral sobbing, like yeah. my my dad just died sobbing.
1: Yeah, like, like beginning of Endgame too. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Where we're just like, oh, Clint. Oh, like I would. I. I understand why holding some of them makes sense, but not necessarily all of them. I think there, there could be ones that they know that aren't as group oriented per se. Maybe. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: I don't know. Lynette, is there a helicopter above your house right now? There is. There is. Okay. <laughs> are the cops, are the cops belaying down in here? <laughs>
2: Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're uh, gone. Okay. there you go. Uh, yeah, that's
0: that's the new thing since quarantine. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like, even if I think, even if, if um, you know, we the, the theaters open up again and things like that. I don't know. Like, I've been reading, like, you know, movie-going experience is going to be obviously much different than what we we're used to. Uh, I'm hearing that, like, drive-in theaters are going to be kind of the new thing again. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm actually kind of all for that in a way because I'm like, yeah, drive-in. Like, that's, that was no. cool. No? Why do you know?
2: I <laughs> hate drive Whoa. Why? I because my sound system is never as good as the one in an actual enclosed theater. There's never enough air conditioning in the drive in, and there's
0: bugs.
1: Lynette, here's uh, I wish I was around for 16 year old Lynette. You know, you go to the drive in and you don't really watch the movie, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, 16 year old Lynette never did that. Uh, no. <laughs> Lynette was a late bloomer. <laughs>
1: I don't think I watched all of any movie at the drive in. <laughs> I mean, I've,
2: I've definitely gone to the drive in in college and well, well, I totally just fell sick. asleep. <laughs> I didn't even do anything <laughs> then. So.
0: That drive in was fantastic. But anyway. Um,
1: Southington Drive in, you, drive-in, Chris. That was a good one.
0: That was a good one, too. That was a good Oh my God, that was a great one. Ah, uh, I love it. All right. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, oh
1: speaking oh, of uh, drive-ins, though, I just want to give a shout out to someone I've given shout outs to before, Nomad Cinema, and he's a local guy. Um, it's a local company, and they're teaming up with a drive-in around here to do a showing. And so what they did is they created an event, and everyone on Facebook could vote on what movie is being shown. Uh, last time I looked, Goonies was way ahead <laughs> So I think they're going to be showing the Goonies. So that's uh, that's happening around here. So
0: nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. Uh, I I actually put that on the other day for for me and Sam to watch, and he was all into it until a certain point, point. and uh, then he was like, "No, nope, I'm I'm done with this." But
1: oh, what, what was it? Chunk or sloth? Chunk?
0: Oh, ch- uh, sloth, sloth. Yeah. yeah, pretty scary. Pretty scary. Uh, it like the opening. He didn't even get to like the where he becomes, like, friendly. He, it was just, like, that first scene. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm out. It's <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. We made it that far, though. It was good. So, um, all right. Well, let me, let's get into it. Um, so, for my first story, um, big news. that just broke literally, like, an hour or two before we went on air tonight. Uh, but the news is that the Broadway show Frozen uh, is closing permanently. It's done. Um, you know, all these Broadway shows uh, Had basically been suspended Basically up until September 6th But realistically no one was expecting to go back to work Until the holidays or after the holidays um, But this is the first Big musical that Had not posted any sort of Closing notice or anything like that Before COVID-19 uh, And it really kind of came out Of nowhere in a couple different ways And it's it's obviously sad But um, it's very worrisome for a lot of people because a lot of people thought that of all the shows that were going to be able to come back from this, you know, the ones backed by Disney uh, would be. And because this one fell, uh, and you know, Disney you know, reporting that they lost 1.2 billion dollars last quarter, um, that has wow. a lot of people concerned that if if Disney can't bring their properties back, what does this mean for everybody else? And yeah. Go ahead, Lynette. You were about to I say. I was just
2: gonna say they're not making room for like, because aren't they working on Hercules? Wasn't they, that supposed?
0: To- they did develop Hercules. There was no plan on bringing it to Broadway just yet, but there it was. It was there, um, being developed. I know Hunchback Notre Dame has been in development for a couple of years too. It, ha- it had to run a run at Paper Mill, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, are we going to, you know, if Disney can't make it work, you know. Is, is the Schubert organization going to be, be able to make it work? Are all these other production groups, Scott Rudin being the jerk that he is, but still, yeah. it's like, does he have the ability to be able to remount these, these productions? Because that's basically what it is. It's a remounting. So um, it, I can tell you that, you know, from the comments I'm seeing on my Facebook feed from Broadway actors and things like that, a lot of people, this this really has shaken the community uh because it's like this was not of all of these shows this was not supposed to happen to these ones so uh lynette i just wanted to start with you because i know you're big into broadway as well what do what you what are your thoughts on frozen closing and basically the future of broadway going forward yeah
2: so my first thing is is that um uh my friend sarah ben you actually met her at comic-con i don't know if chris you ever oh, yeah. got a chance to meet her? Oh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah her the girl that she used to babysit for was playing Anna when it closed for this uh, um, so and I forget I forget her name um, but she was all excited um, she got to go to her opening night and then like literally they were just like and now we're closed uh, oh, it wow. was like because she she basically got to do it I think for a little under a month um, so my heart goes out to her and the entire cast and honestly like, the cast setup, I was actually willing to go see it again um, because it had what's-her-futs from um, um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. She played Hawkgirl. I forget her name, but she was playing Elsa, and she was the first Black Elsa. So even though I'd seen it twice, I was willing to go back and see it again just for that. Mm. Now, that being said, I, I have a feeling, this is my gut. Is telling me that, yes, we know that Disney properties are probably the ones that should be able to sustain this because they have a giant corporation behind them, but they're also some of the most expensive pieces on Broadway. So to have to have them in limbo for this long, I would feel that that's probably why they can't back it my gut is telling me that what will probably happen from this is yes, theater will come back, but we're going to, we're I think we're going to go back to the way it used to be with smaller shows and maybe less budgets and kind of trim back the spectacle. And ma- I'm hoping that there will be a creative catharsis out of this. And we'll start to see more of that original product come out um maybe bets on smaller things unknown things will start to take chances because that's the only thing we can afford which mm. would be great like that's i'm hoping point. i'm hoping it will bring a renaissance
0: yeah we'll see we'll see ben what do you think any thoughts on this
2: uh
1: yeah well I, you know lynette is right you know i was talking to someone today and uh there's this guy named TechMaster 2020 i think he's on tiktok or one of those things i don't know what's going on uh but in the in this quarantine my man built a real working iron man suit (laughs) and he lit a fire with one of his palm blasters and so if that guy after eight weeks of quarantine can build an iron man suit hopefully there's some playwrights out there going nuts in their houses and just doing some little theater stuff just like lynette said you know what i mean absolutely Um, yeah so and and i think you know the spirit of theater lives on, just like the '90s live on in uh, Portland. Uh, so <laughs> I want to, I want to hope that it's out there. I mean, uh, I think I sent you guys the video, like uh, my friend Vinny from Elmira, shout out. Uh, you know, he's taking some uh, classes out in LA and had me do the the monologue from The Shining for him. So you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And so I think people are out there. Creating and hopefully, you know, singing and doing monologues and the whole thing. So I'm with Lynette. I I hope that this is, there are some positive things to this that, you know, maybe the way we ingest theater, like, you know, Lynette, your story a couple weeks ago about seeing shows online, you know, maybe that's the future. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because you're not around a lot of people, but, you know, maybe for a while that's, you get some good performances out of it.
2: I was talking to a friend about how, I would pay I I would pay like a discounted theater ticket per like twenty bucks maybe if they are archi- if they showed if he paid for a ticket and they showed the archived Broadway movies or Broadway videos, even though they're stationary, they're old, like I would pay for that if they got a have out you of ever archived- seen those? No. it
0: then they're, they're not worth your twenty bucks. All right. It's it's literally imagine like almost like a fixed camera in the booth mm-hmm. and and they're just filming it downwards, so it doesn't really capture the details of the performances um you're it basically it it looks as if you're like in the back row of the audience looking down on the stage it That's really is usually only...
2: where i sit so <laughs> i'm okay with
0: that for you it's okay yeah and there, i usually it,
2: pay 100 bucks for that
0: a lot of people assume that it's like these pro shot like versions oh, yeah of these no. things. it's like no 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 they're strictly for like archival purposes so it literally is a fixed camera at the top of the theater, looking down on the stage, and it's it's not great. I I once did that for a show, and I was really I walked away really really upset that I spent all that time doing that. But um, but I actually to your point though, because I think you do have you do make a good point. I I suggested, and I'm gonna probably make this point again on on a future column about doing audience audienceless shows of these Broadway productions, and literally either doing a simulcast uh, or some sort of tape thing where you get like access to it for like 24 hours. But like, I don't, I wouldn't mind paying, you know, $50 to see the hot new Broadway musical or play or whatever it is, you know, uh, from the comfort of my home. Like Like if I only, exactly. And if I, and I get access to it for 24 hours, um, you know, they, they can definitely do things to, to make, to limit pirating and stuff like that. Do it. Why not? Makes sense to me. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, and go. it sounds like, actually, sorry, I know I'm changing the subject again. It, um,
0: to does it sound like Nip Tuck? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. My, is you there
1: a Nip Tuck
2: musical coming up? <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite MCC is actually, they're doing one-act plays. So once a week, um, it's a limited time that you can go on, and the tickets are, I think they're like $11. They might even be cheaper than that but you can go on and um, on YouTube and they're doing staged readings just like they did with uh, the one that I talked about with Melissa Torme and Oscar Isaac. Um, so they're now, this is a thing that they're doing every week. Nice. And so it's a different play every week. You just have to sign up for their newsletter to find out which one's which. Wow. Awful. So yeah. Um, so people are starting to do things. It's just a matter of how do we get our musicals? Cause plays are easier. Musicals are tougher.
0: Right. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, Ben, back to you, my friend. What, what's your number two this week?
1: Uh, hold on. Uh, Prince is doing uh, push-up and spandex fishnets. I'm really distracted. Yes. And I'm questioning everything about my sexuality. <laughs> no, you're
2: not. You know what it is. You got it.
0: Everybody. I'm everybody I'm by the fishnets.
1: Just what the hell? Like, what is this guy doing? Anyway, oh, for the folks at home, I'm watching... <laughs> uh, Prince live 1985 at the Carrier Dome uh, just amazing concert. I'm watching it on silent I'm going to go back and listen to it because oh my god he's going nuts anyway so uh, my news story for today I, I have a bunch of news stories but I wanted to break this one out Suspiria uh, one of my favorite movies um, was remade a couple years ago or last year and the director Luca I'm going to massacre this Guadagnino, I believe that's his name, is directing the new take on Scarface written by the Coen brothers. So yes, there is a script for the movie Scarface, the Al Pacino Scarface, and the um, the gangster movie from the 30s Scarface. Uh, there is a new script written by the Coen brothers and it's going to be directed by him. Um, I read this article, and it, and listen, uh, Suspiria Scar- so is one of my favorite movies, so when I saw the movie, the movie was good. Um, I just hate, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm watching a scary movie, I hate when it just de-evolves into CGI madness. The CGI for me is just not scary at all. Like, I'm just like, whatever. That's why insidious movies are awesome because there might be CGI in it, but to me, it's just old school makeup and ghosts running around possessions. And that, that that freaks me out. Um. So anyway, so I bring this up. That is breaking news. But the reason why I brought this up Chris and Lynette, does the movie Scarface warrant a remake? Is it good enough to warrant a remake?
0: Because
1: mm. here's here's my take. Here and this is a Go hot ahead. take. So, so Chris, you know, uh, I sent off my 20 best films ever list to you, um, and I did little blurbs and stuff, and.
0: Which, my by the way, that's book. getting published uh, this week. So,
1: oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if you were compiling them or doing something with them. I don't know. Um, so, but you know, Scarface came across that. You know, so what I did for my best top twenty is I did genres. I was like best action movie, best war movie, best gangster movie, best love story, best musical. You know what I mean? I, I would just, and then I would kind of look at those and then make my own opinion. Scarface popped up. Um, I'm going to say that Scarface, the movie with, you know, the Brian De Palma movie that is with Al Pacino, written by Oliver Stone. I mean, that's that's a murderer's row of creative minds. I'm going to say it is one scene away from being ultra cheesy that it's almost unwatchable. Or mm. I think Pacino brings it together, and that's why we're here. I mean, we're watching for, you know— Cuban accent Pacino. I mean, he is just carrying that movie. He is great in it. He's, you know, he has that it factor. It's freaking Al Pacino. I, I, Without him, like, imagine someone else playing that part, and it'd be racist and weird. (laughs) Like, but since Al Pacino's, like, commits to things so hard, you're, like, racism doesn't even enter your mind. You're like, oh, here's this, like, short Italian guy from New York City why playing a Cuban guy. But, like, it's such a a legendary performance. You're just like, this is amazing. So... I can't imagine that a remake, even with someone with Cuban descent, is going to be good at all. I I just, I I just, I can't see it. I I, I just, it's going to come out. It's going to be okay. And we've seen the Coen brothers come out with just okay movies too. Suspiria, the remake was just okay. It was a great okay.
2: See, I didn't see the first one, but I love Suspiria.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Suspiria, like the remake is really good. Like up until the end when it gets a little CGI for me. And I was like, they, they lost it just at the end. Um, but anyway, so Chris does Scarface, that's my take, but what does Scarface deserve a remake?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I agree with you. It is definitely one scene away from being a mess and then like one scene, like take away one scene you might you know, like alter its greatness in a way i don't know if that makes sense um yeah i think th- th- there are elements of the movie that are definitely problematic in some ways like f Murray abraham for instance like this like you you say like al pacino's portrayal is, is very sincere and genuine f Murray abraham is just ridiculous in that movie but <laughs> um
1: oh yeah uh, <laughs> that is rough yeah that's rough. i haven't
0: seen it in a while i was thinking about well, buying it, it and it's it, it actually is a very it's a it's a it's a I, I really like watching it because yeah I find myself cheering for characters that I'm not supposed to be cheering for but um yeah is it you know what's funny is that you could remake it I would be okay with it I'd be like fine go for it uh, but you know this movie is so beloved in the hip-hop urban culture uh they might actually have a problem with it more than me uh because nah. they, no, you be, you're, you guys are okay with
2: it I
0: think we'd be okay
1: with it. Okay. Wait, Lynette. Wait. How come you get to represent hip hop urban
2: culture? How come <laughs> I can't do that? Because I'm half white. Or excuse me. <laughs> wrong one. I'm half black and half Jew- and Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> I I
1: I love the hips and the hops.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> ducka 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 ducka. Uh, I'm hip. I'm
0: with it. I'm with it. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I, it's it's one of those movies. I never I don't put Scarface on this pedestal of other movies that you should not you should never remake under any right. circumstance. If, you know, if it
2: was The Godfather, obviously. Oh there, yeah, there would be no, no, there would be hands down no. There would be no. Uh, I think Scar. I think so. Here's my question: Is so Scar? I feel like Scarface was pertinent to the time that it was made, which is what part of the reason why it's so awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very, i mean 80, right. do we
2: really care about a cocaine kingpin anymore like is that a real big is that
1: even a thing like i mean right we we already have our methamphetamine kingpin that's walter White. you know what right. i mean we, we right Scar- that that show is a remake of scarface you know in what i mean way, it's yeah. a yeah. modern time scarface like that's if yeah. you're gonna re have a scarface in today's culture i mean uh, you know speculating on people's drug business during these quarantine times there's probably lots of cooks out there because <laughs> cops aren't entering people's homes right now just putting that out there uh, Trust me, everything so... <laughs> is going up.
0: yeah and the other I, thing I, too i mean if you yeah. think about it when that movie came out not a lot of people in popular culture knew about the drug kingpins and the cartels True. like you know pablo escobar so you nope. make a movie like that again now in 2020 it's kind of a bored trope almost. It's like, okay, yeah, drug dealer gets big, you know, gets high in their own supply and then blows it all.
2: Yeah. Dies yeah. At the end.
0: Like, okay, I, that's Pablo Escobar. So I would
2: rather have a documentary on the dude that got five seconds on Tiger King that was supposedly the inspiration for Scarface than having oh, yeah. a remake of the movie. Yeah,
1: what happened? What? I didn't hear that.
2: Yeah, the guy the the guy that they couldn't get into his his animal sanctuary sanctuary I use as air yeah. quotes, quotes. Yeah. Um, he was the, um, he was the um, story behind Scarface, like he was what they, he, the whole, he even talks about how, yeah, that whole scene about me walking in the bank with like 50 bags of, of cash, oh, he's yeah. like, he's like, technically, he's like, it wasn't duffel bags, it was garbage bags, but yeah, that happened, like, <laughs> you're just like, wait, what? And then they talk about how he used the animals to, like, to get the drugs across. He's, like, ed- like. they were, like, he didn't care if the animals died or not. He would just stuff a snake with Coke and send it across the way Yeah, and, sh- and ship it as yeah, an exact well, animal. But yeah, I'd be more I think interested you're, you're in his totally, documentary.
1: Yeah, I think you guys are totally right. I mean, like, and if you watch the behind-the-scenes on Scarface, I mean, literally while they were filming – when the scene, the chainsaw scene, of course, when you know Al Pacino's up in the ho- hotel and Manolo is out in the car, while they were filming that whole sequence, there were actual drug dealers and drug kingpins coming out asking them like, "What the f are you guys doing on my turf?" Like, they had to wrap filming really quick. I mean, that was so they were like, you know, Oliver Stone is crazy because he'll write a screenplay really quick about something extremely pertinent, like about like yeah. right now. And so that was really going on as they were filming that movie. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I just I just see it as, like, you get these big names. I, I You know what, Chris? You're peeved at movie studios. I'm kind of peeved when they do this, too. They they attach all these names. I mean, who knows if the Coens even wrote this. If they just said, hey, we'll pay you guys a million each if you just say you wrote this.
0: Yeah. And then
1: we, we'll get a name to direct it. You guys can sign off on the name. And you can sign off on the actors. And then just... There you go. There's a million dollars each, boys. You're the Coen brothers. Like, because I've seen some okay movies by the Coen brothers, too. And then you question, like, really? Really, those are the guys that did Fargo and the Lebowski? Really, that's them? Like, you watch this movie, and you're like, really? Okay. Like, written by the Coen brothers? Okay. Like, what, what, like, two sentences? Okay, cool. (laughs) So, I... I hate when they do this. You know, it's like those stupid movies when they have like a billion celebrities in, in them, like starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon blah, 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 and Jeannie all these fucking names. And the movie's a piece of shit. And everyone just got like a day's work on it. And they put their names on the cover and stuff. And it's a terrible movie like New Year's Day or 100 Cigarettes or one of those stupid movies. I hate that shit. <laughs> That's my rant.
0: <laughs> uh, and with that scene. Yeah. Love <laughs> well, it, right. good stuff, man. Uh, Lynette, what's your number two this week?
2: I already
0: did my number two. It's your turn. Oh, is it my turn? Oh my it's god! Let's keep it around. I'm sorry. I this apologize. Okay.
2: I mean, I'll go for three, but I thought you would like to talk at some point.
0: Let me let me do. Well, my my number two is actually pretty quick, but it's more of asking you guys what you've been up to. Um, so obviously with being stuck in your house, not a lot to do. Uh, you're kind of finding time to do different things. I've learned how to really cook a mean steak in the oven. Like a mean mm-hmm. freaking steak in the oven. Uh, doing pretty well. So like, you
1: uh, grill grill pan. What walk me through is grill pan right, on so, the stove. Yeah,
0: yeah, got got an iron skillet on the stove.
1: Yep. put Excellent.
0: put some some S and P. It's good for me.
1: S and P is a choice for me.
0: Choice for me. Uh, and then uh, put two two minutes on either side. Yep. Uh, put it on the side to kind of sear the sides of it. Mm-hmm. Then put it in the oven. Set it to four fifteen for eight nine minutes. Yeah. That
2: perfect.
1: seems like a random number, four fifteen. No, it's right. He's
0: right. He's perfect. Right. It's yeah. and it comes out. I do four
1: twenty five, but that's pretty You do four twenty
0: five, and when you you take it out, you let it sit for at least two minutes. Perfect. It's perfect. I've Chris.
1: I've, Chris can I can I add something? Can please I just add. Please. I would do half, depending on the size of the steak, half a tablespoon of butter on top of it as it sits.
0: Ooh. Helpful. Yes. I'm, I like it.
2: Yeah. I'm having a deja vu. Did we already have this conversation on the podcast?
0: I I've never had this discussion. No,
1: Chris just learned how to make a steak.
0: I just learn how to make a good steak.
2: Did we do it with like maybe Bobby or Josh or somebody? Maybe.
1: I mean maybe we quote that there. we quote that letter Kennedy scene all the time. That's
2: true. <laughs> but no, not the letter Kennedy scene, but the actual like the actual instructions for what you did to make a perfect steak. I have no. lived through this before.
1: <laughs> Whoa! Is this like wow. is this like a on air? We're recording a deja vu moment. That's
2: wild. Yeah,
0: that's wild. That's wild. Well, anyway, um, and because of this, now I'm like all about steaks, or I'm all about cooking, I'm all about all these other things and discovering kind of new cool recipes. So I just didn't know. Are you guys dabbling into any new foods, new cooking methods, anything at all? Ben, gonna start with you. Chris,
1: yeah, yeah, Chris. Here we go. Hey, First please. off the bat, okay. Just I'm going to keep on the barbecue roller coaster with you okay um so i got a grill so my grill like s the bed last summer so i finally got a new uh propane grill right Mm. but i also have a weber grill like a little ghetto weber grill in the backyard uh and i've always wanted to do a beer can chicken my friend tim big shout out to tim mckenna he always would do a beer can chicken for his fourth of july parties and i know it's very simple you know what i mean you know uh half a beer stick the, the chicken over but you gotta rub it I did this amazing rub and stuff like that. And then uh, uh, I did it over uh, charcoal, which Mm. is, that is quite tricky because the charcoal could go out. Mm. You have to get the charcoal really hot at first, get the chicken really hot, and then let it sit. And it's almost like the Weber grill becomes a slow cooker after a while. Interesting. So I had to get this, it's it's called a, um, it's a charcoal chimney. And so it's just this, like, metal kind of cylinder that's about, like, I don't know, six inches in diameter. It's this little guy. You or it's throw called all the a coffee in... can. Huh? It's
2: called a coffee
1: can. Right. It's a coffee can size, but it has a handle and stuff, but, and it has a, a, a hole on the bottom where you put newspaper. So you can start the charcoal. It sits in there. and gets, like, red or orange hot. Ooh. Pour it in there. Then you do the chicken with the beer can, and then you rub the chicken down with like a rub and stuff like that. It came out so good, Chris. But, you know, and I picked the one day that it was nice out up here when it wasn't snowing in central New York. So uh, so we. It, it takes a while. Don't get me wrong. It takes a long time to get that chicken up to that temperature. Came out fantastic. Chris, can I recommend a YouTube channel for you? Please. Barbecue Pit Boys.
0: Barbecue Pit Boys. BBQ
1: Pit Boys. They have a billion videos. They're great to put on the background if you're listening to music and stuff. They have so many grilling, like, propane grill and Weber grill, like, recipes. You are going to just die. They show you how, like, the proper way to cook a steak, the proper way to start your charcoal grill, just, like, the basics and stuff. And they're these old kind of, like, redneck dudes with these giant beards and stuff. Awesome. Really great YouTube channel. Look it up. Lynette, on to you. What have you learned?
2: Um, Well, one, I've learned that you're bougie um because you've got the whole thing with the handle i kid you not my grandfather used to make me do that without a handle i had to figure out how to use the tongs to lift it up to let all the charcoal come down so that way you could put the grate down like that's what we did we used to take the old cans we would cut out the tops and the bottoms put it in the center put your charcoal in have a little newspaper on the bottom leave a little out as a tail pretty simple Oh, Just so, I,
1: like, this is the first time I've... So, my dad never had a charcoal grill, so I didn't know how to do this. Like, I've only <sighs> seen people do it, so I had to get something. So, like, right. this was... It was it was 15 bucks. so... All right. Not, and it has a All big right. handle, so you don't have to lift it with tongs you're, and stuff.
2: You're, you're semi-bougie.
1: Semi-bougie.
2: Semi-bougie. We'll call it semi-bougie. Um, yeah, but no, I've been grilling since like that with charcoal since I was a kid. That was the main thing actually I never used gas until after college to grill I didn't even know how to turn on the gas when the family member got a first gas stove I was like wait what is this um but cooking wise I'm not actually doing the grilling cooking stuff because where I live I'm not allowed to have that as we may burn down all of the apartments so I've actually been um doing baking hmm Um, we've had a series of holidays to celebrate during quarantine (laughs) aka the mother that I take care of her birthday uh, is two weeks before my birthday and also Mother's Day so the easiest thing for me to do is to bake her stuff so I purposely have been picking things that I don't normally bake So the first thing we did is we did um, chocolate jumbles, which are a Schoharie County uh, delicacy. Mm -hmm. And it's a chocolate donut cookie with uh, vanilla frosting. Those came out really well, Um, but I forgot you have to keep them in the fridge because they have molasses in them. Otherwise they kind of just melt back into a blob (laughs) after a while. So that was interesting. But then Angel Food Cake, I learned how to make. And then Cheesecake, I just made for Mother's Day. So it was my first, like, from scratch baking cheesecake. Um, And I have not perfected it, so there will be other attempts. Um, I need to get a special pan, I realized, and we're going to go from there. But at least I'm having fun. And it it tasted fine. It just didn't look like a professional cheesecake. Okay. Yeah. There you go.
0: There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, Ben, back to you. What's your number three this week?
1: Oh, snap. All right. Here we go. Um once again, distracted by Prince's Spandex. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had uh oh man, which one do I pick? Let's do Michael Jordan. Can we talk about Michael Jordan? Um, I didn't get all the way through your podcast. Did you guys talk about Michael Jordan last week?
0: A little bit, but go ahead.
1: Okay,, uh, you know, so we're getting towards the end of the documentary run. We're on episodes nine and ten coming out this Sunday. Uh, the end of it, uh, really interesting. I know Lynette, you got you sent out a message about this whole thing about learning about NBA and stuff. Mm-hmm. and listen, I since Michael Jordan was on, I really haven't watched a lot of NBA. I'll catch games here and there if they're important. Or if it's at Christmas, they usually have some Christmas games, but really not my – I like college basketball and football and baseball as far as watching. So um, watching sports. So this documentary, I don't know – I mean you're interviewing Michael Jordan. He's been interviewed about a a bunch. It's a really interesting thing to – what's striking me as interesting is we have never had someone like him since – Mm -mm. someone that is I mean Michael Jordan was I think the last two episodes they talked about what a cultural force he was I mean he was in music movies tv commercials on people's clothing I mean it was everywhere like his brand was in the in the world too it didn't matter if you're in Russia China America I mean people loved Michael Jordan you know what I mean like We might have, you know, Tom Brady, one of the greatest of all time in football, but that's one sport like Michael Jordan transcended all sport. I mean, he was the king of cool and he was so awesome. And I I, I think that is the legacy of this documentary is and, you know, when you hear stories from like Larry Bird and Michael uh, Magic Johnson and stuff and they just say. You know, don't piss, don't wake up the dragon, don't piss Jordan off, or he'll just (laughs) unleash hell on you. And, like, to be so good at something is just superhuman. You have these professionals. It's almost like they're, like, faking it. Like, I mean, like, they were throwing these games for him, like, because... He makes them look like little kids. It's like he's dribbling around little six year olds on the court. Like, it's like, oh, I made fun of Michael or I didn't say hi to him at this dinner. And then he owned us and he scored 53 points the next night. It's like, and he could turn it on. It was almost like he knew what he was doing. Like, he would intentionally get fired up and then would go out there. It's just, I just want to say that this documentary is awesome. I know that this was a brainchild from uh, Bill Simmons. Um, from when he started 30 for 30 even before he was fired from ESPN cuz he went in there and said he wants to do the OJ documentary and the 10 part Michael Jordan documentary and and since you know since the ESPN like uh, reunion they've made up uh, Bill Simmons and ESPN pretty much but that was his brainchild and I just want to say like this is uh, you know I'm 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 glad something like this came out while I've been stuck inside Chris are you happy with the Jordan documentary are you are you? Are there things that are missing for you? What's What's your thoughts? Uh,
0: you know, it's funny. It's uh, the only thing that's missing. I I feel is like, man, I just want to see more, just pr- practice footage. Like, just, uh, give me more, like, on court footage between him and the team and things like that, without necessarily like narration or kind of a plot point to it in a way. That's what yeah. I was kind of looking for. But other than that, no, I th- I think it's it's being. It's perfect. It's it's paced perfectly. It's not showing Jordan in this angelic light, uh, so yeah. to speak. Um, you know, I, I know that the reason why we're getting it is, you know, a big reason was Jordan had to say yes. Um, and uh there's a great article on ESPN that kind of talked about the, the the pitch process to get this, you know, on air and how hard it was to get Jordan to say yes to this. So it's very interesting on that end. Uh, I almost want to see a documentary about that. But yeah, um, yeah, Jordan. no, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's you know, for for people of our age, I mean, it's 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 just a reminder of like how good this guy was. But I get it, I get the tenacity. I mean, look, I'm not. This is gonna sound. Oh, this is gonna sound really douchey, but um, I, as he was explaining like how he would invent slights in his head or like little things to you know amp him up and things like that. I'll be very honest. I do the same with OnStage Blog. Like if mm. there's like Mark Pelkert who from playbill.com, I don't like Mark because he was he wasn't pleasant to me, you know, once when I met him. And now I want to screw over Playbill every single chance I get. <laughs> um Paul Paul what's his face from Broadway.com. I I don't find him to be a very nice guy. Again, he didn't he didn't know who I was <laughs> when I introduced myself to him. Like five years ago, after Honestly's blog had been around for a year, and I was like, you know what? You just made the list. I'm going to do everything in my power to make yeah. sure that Honestly's yeah. blog beats you at every chance I can. So I, I, I understood where Jordan was coming from, and I got to be honest with you, it is taxing to have those types of feelings. It is, uh, you know, it's it's not easy. It's not fun, but if you want to win, sometimes you got to kind of put yourself through those paces and you it, know. it
1: reminds me of you know chris it's really funny you know i do the same thing like whether you have a hard day at work or whether you just gotta push through something you you, can, you have to kind of find like a enemy to fight um and i don't know if that's like sports or if that's competition or if that's some sort of drive in me uh, it, it reminds me of this This might be way out there but it reminds me of howard stern interviewed billy corgan of the smashing pumpkins all right. Mm-hmm. And he asked him, he's like, So who are your peers as bands and stuff like that? Like Nirvana and and, and you know, Billy was like, Yeah, you know, I wish I could write songs like Kurt Good, you know, he's very gracious. And then uh, uh, Stern said Pearl Jam. And then Billy goes, No, they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't wrote a good song since their second album. They're they're awful. Well, I, I blow them out of the water every day. And Stern was like, Whoa. you know, Billy. I get it because I've read about you and you were a former basketball player in high school and a wrestler. You know, he would cut weight and like a wrestler. You know, he would he was a he was a high school athlete and stuff and did the band. And that fuels his songwriting is knowing that Pearl. And so he might not and insert even said you might not really think that but they're your enemy in your head and you need to do better than them. And you are better than them. And there is some sort of drive that you can push yourself. And I love that story that Chris, you know, like now Jordan's like, yeah, that never happened. That coach never came. You know, (laughs) he never slided me. I just, I just made it up so I could get pissed off and and score like a hundred points in that one game. So it's really interesting to see the insight of, to see the insight of a champion. You know what I mean? Like, and he's not, apologizing he's like yeah i was a dick i would scream at these guys i would yell at them but we needed to win i hated that feeling of losing
0: yeah yeah so i i hate it when i look at my stats on On stage blog and i see any of those websites ahead of me and i'll do everything i can to get ahead of them and uh yeah i i i I know the feeling i know the feeling how about you
2: i well i have a question for you chris because you said that you were disappointed that there wasn't as much practice footage and things like that without narration, do you think that you would have felt the same if there was actual sporting events on other sporting events that you could watch?
1: <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> call. That's a
2: good call. <laughs> That's a <great> um, call.
0: <laughs> yeah, I probably would not have felt the same. I would have been <laughs> fine with it. All
2: right. Now, um, go ahead. Oh, what? No, no, no. Continue.
0: Well, I was about to, I was about to change the subject slightly, but oh. uh, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say my my take on it. Is I I find it interesting that both of you are like you have to find enemies to like to fight against to 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 excel or try to improve yourself or whatever. Um, And I think that's really interesting because uh, people didn't believe me that I've always had arch nemesis. Mm. And like Mm. I can't it's not just uh, it's not a bunch of people. I always pick one. There is one person that I'm constantly in battle with. And it's, it's new at every job, there's <laughs> just somebody, it's at school, there's somebody at school that I have, to, I, I like, like, and I sometimes imagine us as like superheroes with capes and like fighting and dueling, it's weird. But yeah, um, but yeah, no, for me it's just one, there's one person that I have to pick out that I have to be better than. Um, and it doesn't, It it can change like, and it drops off as soon as that's over that arch nemesis is gone. That idea that I need to, like I had one for nursing school. As soon as I graduated, it was gone. I mm. had one for Albany Med when I worked there. Um, as soon as I went, you know, as soon as I was out of there, that was gone. Like it's just, they just drop off and then I don't care about them anymore. But while that time is happening, there's like an alpha that I have to pick out of the group and be like, I will be better than you.
1: Yeah, Lynette, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's like a human services kind of field thing because very, you know, nurse or counselor, Mm -hmm. very thankless jobs. You know I mean? They're extremely thankless. True. And so there's no one at the end of your shift going, hey, Lynette, good work. Why don't you get home and get some sleep? I'll see you tomorrow. Like, you just, (laughs) there's just some (sighs) other asshole taking over for you that looks miserable too. Right. Uh, So they're like, all right, how's everything? It was terrible. Get in there. All right, bye. Yeah. It's, it's awful. So. You know, you have to pick something you're fighting for. You know, I don't like. You know, I don't like to go spiritual in here, but like, I like to believe that like when I'm like like a really bad day at work, like I'm talking about like cleaning up poop kind mm-hmm. of day at work, or oh, like,
2: that's a normal day for me.
1: Oh, nurses, that's yeah, <laughs> clean up poop or like you know talking down a psychotic person for three hours or something like when again normal <laughs> right when I uh, when I have one of those days, I like to picture myself like all right, when I get to heaven after this life, I'm going up the tiers of heaven. Like they might just have like first tier of heaven might have like fucking like Mike and Ike's or some shit like that down there, like candy, (laughs) like bullshit candy. And like, you know, like the little candy on the paper that would rip off and you'd have to eat Mm. paper. And you're like, that sucks. But maybe after today I get up to the, uh, I don't know, cotton candy level or something like that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting that you actually think you're going to heaven. Oh yeah, no. I'm
1: going to heaven. I'm I'm going to heaven.
2: No, because the reason why I say that Chris is because I consistently think that if there is a heaven and hell, my ass is in hell and I'm really okay with it.
1: Oh, no, no, no. You're going to heaven too with me. Ah, uh, no. So what's going to happen? You ready? You ready? Anyone in human services. This is what's going to happen when we <sighs> go to heaven. You ready? So you're going to get your wings and shit and you're going to get like a fluffy pillow and like the guys, you know, St. Peter whoever he is, and see you through, he's going to be like, all right, this is your cloud right here. he would be like, oh, man, that was a hard life. Can I just take a rest? Yeah, but can you just put your wings down? Uh, your office is over here. And be like, your office? What is that? Yeah, you have a caseload. We got some people you have to watch over here. You'd be like, fuck. <laughs> your shift is over in like 900 years. <laughs>
0: So it's that's basically so like that's going to
1: happen to all counselors and nurses. So so it's basically up. like
0: defending your life. You just go into like the next like your your, yeah. your same job but in a different place. So same, same
1: thing. If I like went out and went crazy and killed someone tomorrow, I get to prison and be like, all right, this is your cell with your stuff, and be like, oh sweet, my cell. Can I just take a nap? Yeah, but put it down. Here's your office over here. Office. What, <laughs> what the office? Yeah, there's some people over here that need some drug and alcohol counseling. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing would happen.
2: Be like, what the fuck? Am getting arrested here? <laughs> yeah, that's true. They would they would totally send you to the medical unit. And be like, you're yeah, going. Into- Did course. you? Is, is your right? crime is your crime related to the medical things that you provided? No, then you're going to the medical unit. Here's you're your next- office.
1: <laughs> you're right next to the warden. Like, <laughs> do I have to wear a handcuff No, you wear a suit. You wear anything you want. Do anything you want. Lunch is at noon. We'll see you there. The only difference is we don't pay you here. That's that's it.
0: That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's
1: it. <laughs>
0: Love it, love it. Good stuff. Uh, Lynette, what's your number
2: three? Oh, my number three. Uh, My number three is I'm very, 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 very excited for. Sorry, I'm loading the article so I get it right. Um, So it was announced that there will be an audible. I'm so excited about this. An audible radio drama of Neil Gaiman's Sandman.
0: I saw this, yeah.
2: Yeah, Um, and it's starring, like, the cast is ridiculous. It's James McAvoy is going to be Morpheus. Um, I can't, where did the picture go? I lost the picture. But, like, it's, like, a star-studded cast. I'm super, oh, Kat Dennings plays Death. uh, Oh, Riz gets to play. Oh, I'm so excited. Have you guys read these, the Sandman series?
1: I have no idea what this is. Explain. Okay.
2: So Neil Gaiman is the author of Good Omens, um, American Gods. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wrote, like, he actually wrote an entire comic book series. um, And it's 75 volumes. Hmm. And it's called Sandman. And we start off where um, basically the dude that handles all of our dreams, nightmares and all that other stuff, Uh, he's the keeper of the king of the dream world. He gets captured by humans for seven years. Um, And then he escapes. And so then that's where the story picks up is what happens when he escapes human captivity and what he has to do to kind of like bring things back. Um, I'm currently in volume two of this series, though I own like the first four. Um, But I mean, this stuff is dark and it's DC Vertigo. Mm -hmm. So, and it's one of the few ones where he, they actually gave him special permission to bring in other comic book characters. So, like, there's a stint where Constantine comes in. And he needs, yeah, he needs Constantine's help to do something, to wrangle somebody back. And then, um, I think he even meets up with, like, Batman or something. Like, it's crazy. Um... And so, like, all these characters kind of come in and out. And then they have their own character loops. Like, there's there's own characters that are involved in it. Um, and it's just really, really amazing, really fascinating stuff. Well written. The pictures are pretty awesome, too, like, if you're reading it. But, like, the fact that he's going to do, like, an old-timey... Ra- oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I'm getting my articles mixed up. This one is he's just doing the radio drama. Yeah. The fact that he's just doing a radio drama... Um, is amazing and awesome and spectacular. And like, he is probably my favorite author. I know I've talked about other stuff about him before. I know Josh and I got talking about him one time on the podcast. Um, he just has this wonderful way of looking at things. Um, and it's just, it's just really cool that whole series. Um, even just a little bit I've read, but I've read like the synapses and stuff. And um, like, People just absolutely adore this series, so it's really exciting news that that that's getting turned into a radio drama. Because originally it was supposed they were he was in talks to make it into a series for Netflix, um, which I thought was supposed to come out in 2021. I don't know if that's still on par, but I'll take this instead for now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm all
0: about uh, radio dramas you know especially right now like that's the more they can do the better uh yeah there's a great uh i got i can't remember what the name of the, the channel is but there's a great um channel on luminary which i just subscribed to which is fantastic by the way um and uh all they do is like old radio uh horror film like horror uh broadcasts so Ooh. like yeah so the wife and i sat down we listened to this like old time radio horror show from like 1970 and then another time from the forties and fifties and stuff like that. And uh, what was cool is like, I could Google like what are the scariest radio horror shows of all time? And I could actually find them on this, this channel listing. So it was great. So yeah, on a country I'm
1: all... road, on a country road with Cary Grant. I've already said that. So there you <laughs> go. The scariest. It's the scariest shit of all time.
0: <laughs> I gotta listen to that. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I love it. That's great, Ben. Any thoughts
1: on uh, on uh, what
0: on Sandman <laughs> or video? Uh, well,
1: actually, or... while Lynette was talking, you know, I hate to use my phone while people are talking, but I was looking up the Sandman Omnibus Volume One for ninety four dollars mm-hmm. and put it in my birthday wish list. So there you yeah. go,
0: there you
1: go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm so Ben intrigued. will have thoughts I'm on this.
0: Soon, ben will have thoughts on this soon. So there you go. I awesome. will.
1: Yeah, I will. Uh, like, I love Omnibus series. I'm actually going through the Terminator. Omnibus Volume 2. So, like, when the movies would come out, they come out with these, like, comics, like, Aliens, Predator, and Terminator. And there's these great collections. So, I'm going through the Terminator ones. They're awesome. They just have to do with, like, uh, Sarah Connor just giving birth to John Connor. Great, great comics. Really good stuff.
0: Nice. Good stuff. All right. Well, moving on. Um, all right. So, for my my last one, Ben uh, and Lynette, Ben, I got I to gotta bring up some interesting news that, that popped up. Uh, from one of your favorites, uh, David Lynch. Um, so I don't know if you follow David Lynch on social media.
1: I, I don't, but now I have to. What, now you have. What's to What's he on? What's he? What's <laughs> I, I
0: think Everything. this was Twitter. I think it was Twitter or Instagram. But
1: all right, I'm not. I don't have those. I'm an old man. He
0: he posted he posted a 30 second video on his social media channels where it literally is just giving the weather forecast for Los Angeles. So this is what he says on his video Here in Los Angeles It's kind of cloudy, some fog this morning 64 degrees Fahrenheit Around 17 Celsius This should all burn off pretty soon And we'll have a sunshine in the 70 degrees Have a great day, and that's it and
2: it, it wasn't recorded for the John Kaczynski Like good news thing No, no, like it's just Brad him
0: just, it? It's just him giving the weather on his social media yeah. channels Um yeah. And uh the the article goes on to state that this weather report marked a break from his usual quarantine hobby, which is uh, making lamps. Apparently, <laughs> David Lynch is making all lamps.
1: He loves making lamps, like specifically, like in Wild at Heart. Uh, friggin', uh, what's her face? Uh, what's the what's the chick's name from? Uh, Prairie, oh, Laura Dern. Uh, Laura Dern told the story how her and Nick Cage were about to film. And David had to take like a half a day to build a lamp for the shot.
0: The <laughs> reason why he says this, he says, uh, apparently he's been long obsessed with electricity. Uh, it involves light bulbs, electricity, polyester, resin, plastic, and all those kinds of things. Um, yeah, he, he he just loves lamps. That's that I think is the funniest thing I've ever I've, I saw today. So little David, little David Lynch, there for you.
1: I love that man so much. And I love lamp. I love lamp. And, uh, man, it's, it's kind of a bummer that he's not going to direct again. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he will do one more, but I don't know. The, did you guys ever see The Return to Twin Peaks?
0: No. I have not no, yeah. gotten through it.
1: Oh, my God. Episode 9 is one of the greatest, craziest avant-garde film pieces for TV ever. Like, ever, ever, ever in the history of man. It is just, It has to deal with the atomic bomb. I, I'm not going to spoil anything. It's just... It's just wild. So, I mean, I love that guy.
0: Well, again, you could follow uh, David Lynch uh, on Twitter at David underscore Lynch. Uh, he currently has 3.3 3 million followers. So good for him. Nice. But uh, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's go and folks. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Uh, ben, let's start with you. You said you had a bunch before the show. So what do you got?
1: All right. So, guys, I think I sent this link to you. Katie and I cannot get enough of this channel called Criminally Listed.
0: Mm. Yes, you said that. It is
1: all unsolved mysteries and murders and all this crime stuff. It's kind of like Unsolved Mysteries, the show with Robert Stack. It's kind of like it takes the place of that niche in your head. But, I mean, it's a very basic channel. Very basic videos. Lots of photos. Some video here and there. But it's all creepy. It's all serial killer uh, g- uh, kill, uh, I don't know, murders and like crimes and stuff. I can't get enough. I love it so much. Is is there something wrong with me?
2: No, because I, lit- I literally sent it. L- you sent it out. I saw what it was. I immediately forwarded it to five people and they all were like, I'm on it. <laughs> like it was, it was like, I just gave them the best Christmas present ever. Seriously. Like,
1: he just uploaded a video today. It was 55 minutes long. <laughs> guy's a maniac. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? 55-minute long YouTube video. I'm like, yes, I'm all in. And, like, there's some highlights. Um, uh, Five Unsolved Mysteries with Strange Written Clues is a really good one. Uh, There's uh, Five Mysteries with Video Evidence. That was a really creepy – oh, my God. The video is so creepy and weird and bizarre. Okay, that was my first one. Then I went down a rabbit hole – Started looking up paranormal stuff, ghost activity and stuff, uh, great stuff. But then today, I wanted to talk about one video. It was almost my article because this one video had everything I love in this world, like period, besides Unsolved Mysteries. Um, And this was a video by Jablinski Games uh, featuring Jack Black as your host. And he went and interviewed Tony Hawk. Uh, Because Tony Hawk, this is the breaking news, that they're remastering uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 for all the consoles and stuff like that. And um, in this video, it's 11 minute 58 video, you can see a preview of the game. So they play like the warehouse, which is the first, you know, Tony Hawk game or level ever. So you can play that or you can see them play that. And it's Tony Hawk and it's almost the full cast of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. So you have um, Rodney Mullen and Bernquist, all these people that are there that you can play with in the game are right there. And Jack Black is interacting with them. And then to start this video, to top it all off, Birdman, Tony Hawk, giant Devo fan like me, so is Jack Black. Somehow Mark Mothersbaugh is there and they play um, Freedom of Choice Jack Black plays the guitar with him, and they do the song Freedom of Choice, and then Tony Hawk plays the Moog while they're playing. It's everything that I love in this world crammed into an 11-minute video. I was sitting there freaking the F out. It's awesome. (laughs) Um, Chris, I don't know if uh, your little guy has played Tony Hawk. But these games hold up like crazy. Deacon loves Tony Hawk too. Actually, the other morning before I had to get him off so I can go to work, he's like, can we, do we have time to play Tony Hawk? I'm like, no, dude, we got to go. <laughs> and like, I mean, he's obsessed. Like, he loves it. And these games are so good. I have it on my Raspberry Pi, like straight up from the PlayStation 1. So awesome. Can't recommend them. That, that criminally listed in that video. Greatest shit on the internet this week. Check it out. Love
0: it. Good stuff. Lynette, what do you got?
2: All right, I actually forgot that I do have stuff. Um, so, one, have you guys seen what Josh Gad is up to on YouTube this no. past week and so? So he has started um, a new a new YouTube show called Reunite Reunited Apart with Josh Gad. The first episode is he got the entire cast. Of Goonies back together. Um,
1: oh, I did see that. I didn't. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I didn't watch that yet.
2: Uh, so it's pretty good. I watched the entire thing. Um, so it's the entire cast: Steven Spielberg, the director, the writer, and I feel like there's somebody else in there. Um, but they all get together and then they ask each other questions. It's pretty good. It's funny. Um, and they do some line reading and things like that. And it looks like his second episode, which just came out two days or three days ago, is Back to the Future. Um, so he got, um, it looks like uh, Christopher Lloyd and uh, uh, Michael J. Fox.
1: Awesome. So
2: they're talking about Back to the Future. My next thing is on The Show Must Go On. I forgot about this. You know how I, how much I love cats. Um You can watch the, I think it's the original Broadway show, full stage show, um, musical, um, not CGI'd, the actual musical with the correct costumes, Uh, (laughs) uh, starting uh, the 15th, which is tomorrow at noon. um, And you can watch it for up to 24 hours. And that's on the Show Must Go On channel, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's channel. So that's what I got for YouTubing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Nice, nice. All right. So real quick, um, I just have two. Um, the first was this summer, obviously with all these music festivals getting canceled and things like that. Uh, I didn't realize that this was the twentieth anniversary of Coachella. Um, mm. oh, huge, huge. Um, and uh, because you know we're not getting Coachella, um, I guess this was going to happen. But there is a about an hour and a half long documentary that was just released about the past 20 years of coachella it's got yeah they go back to the they talk to the organizers like um uh perry farrell's like heavily in it um gosh like it it basically talked to like almost all the music acts like the big music acts uh from the past 20 years plenty of show footage um it's it's fantastic so yeah if you go to coachella's facebook or not facebook youtube channel you got it right here you got it good yeah like it's almost two hours long it's fantastic um so definitely watch that because it's all about the 20 years of coachella which i heard is going to be this coming fall so it's awesome. not can't canceled, but it's just been pushed delayed back, delayed so we'll see yeah last
1: year time. last year when uh last year when youtube aired it i saw some great acts that i'm still listening to on spotify right now so uh Kronbin being one of them i i freaking love those guys and they're coming out with a new album i can't wait so
0: awesome Awesome. Uh, And then the second one, just for fun, um, if you, you know, because we're all three of us went to the college in the same town. uh, If you Google, there's a great, um, (laughs) it's a great song uh, by these, these rappers from Elmira, New York. Um, Yeah. Check it out. They're called the Elmira dudes. Um, And they're just rapping about being (laughs) in Elmira.
1: I'm
2: literally looking it up right oh, now.
1: Oh shit, look at these guys. Two thousand twelve. What's go wait, what's going on?
2: <laughs> I just saw the video
0: today. Um and uh yeah, it's 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 to be seen. So you'll have
1: my full you'll have my full review next week.
0: <laughs> if you if anybody knows Elmira, New York, if you're from Elmira, New York, you should watch this video because um it's fantastic.
2: I met somebody at a quarantine bar mitzvah. Um yeah. Oh oh wow. There yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Featuring featuring ATP. I
1: ATP. I don't know what that stands for, but I bet
0: it's great. <laughs> but it's like at one point they're rapping in front of like you know how like rappers and music videos rap in front of these like really nice cars. They do it in front of like a Honda CRV.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, I used to love my Honda CR-V, all right?
0: And I don't know if, if they're doing I it because they <laughs> truly feel it's a luxurious car <laughs> yeah. or, or if they're making a statement. I don't know. It's can, can we just seen.
2: what I want to know what other, because I just Googled it on YouTube, and the next two videos that came up on my TV was Elmira, dudes, leave me alone. And yeah, then Lucky Me versus J.K., at Elmira, New York, which literally looks like two dudes fighting. I'm going to be watching yeah, all three that. of these here's videos. The,
0: this is the thing. The you Elmira what, dudes I... the, the Elmira video, he's a white kid, and he drops an astonishingly amount of N-bombs. No! Through... no,
1: what? no he doesn't. Oh, I can't wait to see this video. Oh my god, this is my <laughs> new favorite thing. Wait, it's... you know what? Here, here's the deal. Okay, I'm very disappointed, okay? If I was at Elmira right now, like let's say we're going to Elmira right now, yeah, I mean, pre-quarantine, let's say two years yeah, ago, um, let's say we were, we, all of us, the first thing I'm doing, Ben Frawley at 18, I'm making some crazy ass theater YouTube videos, and we're, and you, me, and Lynette, we're, we're just sitting in the, in the, you know, the, what do you call it, the fly rail in the theater, we're doing some crazy shit to try to go viral. <laughs> yeah. How come there's no Elmira College stuff on here, it's just the yokels out here.
2: They might, they might edit it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't
1: know. You know what I mean? Like,
2: what could, the hell? Did you? Did anybody try googling Elmira College and see what comes up on you on YouTube?
0: I I haven't. I'm I'm kind of afraid to find out what my alma mater is doing right now. Yeah, um, that's true.
1: It's a bunch of like, I mean, the cheerleading stuff. I mean, it's it's very basic. They might edit that too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say I know that I'm in a. I'm in an ad hoc group called the EC clan on uh Facebook, which is fun. Cause I get to see pictures of Elmira from the 1970s and eighties a lot. So that's always interesting to see how things were different then.
1: If you want to see, you know, um, Elmira in the early two thousands, just got to Google bold and the beautiful. So they'll come. around. Oh my
2: gosh.
0: How could you not? How could you not watch that? It's beautiful.
1: B O W E L D. Of course. <laughs>
2: What are you
0: uh, talking about? Oh, that's uh, right. You didn't, you didn't. I don't think I don't think Lynette knows about that.
2: I graduated in
1: 2000. Oh, yeah, that's right. You weren't in the movie. You never saw my movie?
2: I don't think I watched your movie.
1: It's called Look Up Bold and the Beautiful Part 1. I chopped it up into parts because you could only. Uh, this was 12 years ago I uploaded it. You could only upload it uh, into 10-minute segments, so I had to chop it into parts. Okay. All right.
2: It's, Old, it's, the b-o-l-e-d yeah okay i'll do that right after it's all definitely
0: it's definitely worth it, it definitely
1: oh my it. god lynette buckle up
0: <laughs> 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 i love it all right folks well that's going to do it for us uh this week on desperately entertainment ben thank you my friend
1: yeah thank you guys you're the best
0: absolutely lynette thank you
2: Thank you. Happy belated Mother's Day to any mothers out there.
0: All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.